You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. So the report that we pushed out is uh, specifically focused on encrypted attacks. And uh, these are attacks uh, that leverage SSL TLS connection to basically hide from legacy security controls that are not able to open those TLS connections. That's Deepan Desai. He's CISO and VP of Security Research and Operations at Zscaler. He shares the research he and his team have been conducting on ransomware, specifically the Ryak strain. And now, a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals, confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. Well, for folks who might not be familiar with some of the terms there, can you give us a little bit of, of the background? What are we talking about here? So uh, SSL TLS is basically transport layer secure protocol that allows you to encrypt the data uh, that flows between the client and the server. Uh, and the easiest way you can spot that is by looking for the HTTPS in the URL. And uh, uh, there should be a padlock sign appearing on the left as well. That kind of indicates that the connection that you're making to the destination is over TLS. I see. Well, let's go through the report together. I mean, what, what were some of the key findings that you had? So... One of the key findings is we looked at all the traffic that flows through Zscaler Cloud and over 80% of all internet-bound traffic 
is now encrypted. That means they are all of these traffic is leveraging HTTPS, right? And uh, uh, one of the alarming uh, number that we saw was uh, 6.6 billion threats were blocked in the first nine months of 2020. Uh, and these were threats that were being delivered over HTTPS. Hmm. So if you if you don't open those uh, TLS connections, then uh, your uh, and the right term is if you don't perform SSL inspection, you will basically be blind to any of those bad payloads, malicious scripts that are flowing in those HTTPS connections. Right. So the fact that a lot of the Zscaler customers are opening those CLS connections and allowing us to inspect the payloads and traffic uh, meant we were able to identify and block 6.6 billion threats over encrypted channel. Wow. Well, can you give us a little bit of insight here as, as to how exactly that happens? Because I think, you know, we all... We understand that um, the point of encrypted traffic is to keep out prying eyes. So how do you uh, have encrypted traffic but also have the ability to inspect it? So the way it works is you need a proxy-based architecture where you terminate the connection at the proxy and then the proxy makes a connection on your behalf to the destination. right? And the standard TLS certificate handshake and all of that will happen between the client and the proxy and the proxy and the destination. This will allow us to basically inspect all the payloads uh, as well as the content that's flowing through the HTTPS. Hmm. Well, let's uh, dig in and talk about some of the things that you detected. I mean, what sort of uh, payloads are prominent here? So what we saw was the bad actors were leveraging the encrypted channel uh, throughout the attack cycle, right? So starting with things like phishing attacks, uh, where the goal is to steal credentials or to lure the user into clicking or downloading something and, and compromising their systems. Uh, the second stage where you know there is an exploit uh, taking place where uh, the bad actors are trying to exploit a vulnerability on the user system. So delivery of those exploit payloads were also found to be happening over encrypted channel. We also noticed malware payloads uh, being hosted on popular cloud storage service providers like AWS, Google, Dropbox, Box, um, in order to, again, get past uh, legacy security controls that are not inspecting SL traffic. Hmm. And then finally, once the infection happens, we also noticed several malware families that were leveraging the encrypted channel to perform CNC, command and control activity. And this is also used to exfiltrate data from the compromised systems. Now, what, who are they targeting here? What sort of organizations are being hit the most? Great question. So we did look at the industry verticals uh, and... Uh, uh, that was one of the key findings as well. Like 1.6 billion encrypted threats uh, were targeting healthcare, right? Uh, and we were all thinking that, uh, you know, because of the pandemic situation, healthcare will uh, not be targeted as much. Uh, but uh, again, that was the number one target. In fact, that the healthcare portion represented, uh, I believe, 26% of o overall encrypted attacks that were seen in the first nine months of 2020. 
I, I would say the top three brands that we saw, uh, number one was Microsoft, where all the web properties like Office 365, SharePoint, OneDrive were being targeted in the phishing attacks. Uh, we also saw uh, several instances of tech support scams where uh, the bad guys will show a pop-up to the victim saying that their machine is infected or it has a problem and they need to pay uh, Microsoft tech support, uh, which is obviously a scam, in order to repair the error. And then the third brand that we saw was PayPal, right? So it's it's spread across both corporate services as well as uh, consumer side services. And the goal is to uh, get access to the user credentials. It's interesting to me that, you know, as you pointed out uh, at the top of our conversation with the the vast majority of the traffic that you all are uh, are tracking here, you know, using SSL or TSL or I'm sorry, TLS encryption. Um, I mean, it's the norm now. It's there's nothing exotic about it, and so it's it's just a, an everyday part of doing business. Exactly. So HTTPS is important. It does make it uh, difficult, uh, like you said, for prying eyes who are trying to uh, you know spy on your uh, internet activity. Uh, but again, that is also becoming a blind spot uh, for many of the large enterprises because the bad guys are also leveraging the same channel to serve malicious content. Now, one of the other things that you point out in your research here is that um, the attackers are, are taking advantage of people's trust in well-known brands. Yes. So that is a part where uh, what they would do is, uh, so first is... Uh, they will clone a page that looks very similar to one of the brand that they're targeting. So think of things like Office 365 login page. And so if the bad guys are after your corporate user credentials for Office 365, they will spin up a page, uh, put it behind uh, TLS, uh, make that page look identical to the Office 365 login page, and they will try to uh, fish your end users for their corporate credentials. Let's talk about um, ransomware. How prevalent was that in what you were looking into here? So ransomware attacks have been on the rise. Uh, in fact, as per the report, uh, we saw almost 500% increase uh, since March of 2020 uh, for ransomware payloads that were being delivered over encrypted channel. Wow. And and what are some of the variants? Are there any that that uh, that rise to the top? Are there are there any that are more prevalent than others? So we saw uh, several ransomware families, uh, and, and I'll cover one of the trends uh, that is becoming increasingly popular on the ransomware families, uh, uh, hmm. especially hmm. this year. Uh, and that is uh, many of these families, in addition to encrypting the data on the endpoints. They've also started exfiltrating uh, sensitive documents, uh, sensitive information from the victim environment. And the reason they do this is even if the organization has a good data backup hygiene and they're able to recover from a ransomware attack just by restoring their data, they will still threaten them uh, to leak the stolen information if the organization doesn't pay the ransom. Right, so that's a... Uh, uh, that's a trend that we're seeing uh, in almost more than a dozen prevalent ransomware families. Uh, it started with Maze in late 2019, but there are 
like I said, more than a dozen ransomware families now that are leveraging that double extortion tactic. Well, let's talk about um, prevention here. I mean, what, what are what are you recommending in in terms of best practices against some of these types of SSL threats? So, uh, one of the primary thing to do is to inspect all SSL traffic, right? Uh, that's I mean, you can't block what you cannot see, right? Unless you inspect SSL traffic, you will be blind to all the payloads, malicious scripts that are flowing underneath that. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I would say you need to have a true zero trust network access architecture in place. Uh, essentially, especially now with every employee being remote, one infected laptop should not be able to bring down your entire network, right? So having a zero trust network access where uh, the users are only allowed to access the applications that they are authorized to, and there is no network presence of any of your user laptops, which essentially reduces the blast radius, right? So one infected machine cannot infect the others if they, they literally don't have a network presence in your network. Our thanks to Deepin Desai from Zscaler for joining us. You can find out more about their research on the Ryak strain of ransomware on their website. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and Zero Trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.